With COVID-19 cases breaking daily records at around 100,000 new infections and the death toll around 1,000, the messages from the Democratic nominee Joe Biden and President Donald Trump couldn't be more different. We are rounding the turn on the pandemic with or without vaccine. We have the vaccine. It's going to come. But even without it, we're rounding the turn. Seniors will be first in line to get it. And it will be available free. It wasn't their fault. It wasn't our fault. It was the fault of China. We should have kept it within their limits. Our vaccine will eradicate the virus and the pandemic, and it will end. Quickly restore normal life. Biden slammed the president's latest comments that America's doctors were profiting from inflating COVID-19 deaths as public health experts have sounded the alarm that the country is on the wrong trajectory. Did you hear what he said today? He said today at a rally that our doctors are the problem because they're putting their lives on the line, busting their necks. He said they're making up deaths from COVID-19 because they get more money. They're making up deaths. People aren't really dying from COVID. They're dying for other things, but they're saying it's COVID to make the numbers go up. My Lord, doctors and nurses go today, go go to work every single day. Donald Trump should stop attacking them and start doing his job. This as anxiety and fear grows in the country about possible post-election violence amidst concerns mainly from the right around unproven claims of election fraud and questions around delays in announcing the result. An election night result seems increasingly less likely due to the volume of turnout and a surge in mail-in and absentee voting due to the pandemic, a question I raised in a recent interview. Is the fundamental notion of democracy under threat in the United States? I believe so. Jennifer Brandel is the founder of tech-enabled company Harkin, who wrote an article recently titled Newsrooms Prepare for the Election to Go Off the Rails. I do believe so. I think um, that forces uh, have been conspiring. Many um, have been conspiring in in order to divide the country and pin us against each other. It's a really great strategy for destabilizing the country, which it has worked very well, is to instead of people who are feeling unsatisfied or like they don't get their basic needs met through government and other social services to start looking at one another as the problem and not some of these bigger systemic issues, which are harder to wrap your head around and frankly take a long time to change. So I think it's an immediate way of uh, finding some release is finding a villain on the other side, whatever that side is. Who's driving this division, do you think? Well, (laughs) I I can't wait to see the documentaries that come out in five years, looking back at what happened now when people are free to speak. (laughs) But, um, you know, I think there's a lot of that happening, obviously, with the conservative movement in the U.S. Uh, I think they know that if everyone in the U.S. did have their right to vote, um, conservatism and the Republican Party would probably no longer be a thing. It would be severely under threat. Um, And then there's also other forces, foreign forces, such as Russia, uh, that, you know, can gain a lot from destabilizing the country. So I think there's a lot of different um, forces at play. And our president, uh, Donald Trump, is, you know, Mr. Divider-in-Chief. Her company has created an online resource called Election SOS to help newsrooms plan for worst-case scenarios compounding this whole political moment and the 
uh, pandemic is also the fact that the U.S. Is, is dealing with a lot of climate crises, including wildfires, hurricanes, tornadoes, earthquakes, you name it. So there's, there's no shortage of just emergencies. So what we're trying to do is give journalists as quick access as possible to the information, whether that's checklists or people who are experts in voter suppression or people who are experts in how to de-escalate violence, um, you know, what they need to prepare for. So we have scenario planning guides, tons of resources and webinars just to give journalists that extra training that their newsrooms can't offer them right now. I asked Jennifer if it would be wise for newsrooms to deploy their war correspondents to the United States. Yes, slightly tongue-in-cheek but not entirely. I don't think that would hurt. I think having combat readiness and understanding um, the volatility of those situations uh, is really important. The other thing I think newsrooms need to take into account right now is who they're sending out to do these stories and what risks that uh, they are posed. If people of color are out there in the midst of a rally in which there's a lot of white supremacy, um, that puts them at even more danger. So it's difficult with understaffed newsrooms to already figure out how to be on the ground. With the globe's attention focused on the world's longest standing democracy and an election result whenever it arrives that could fundamentally shift the trajectory of the United States as we have all come to know it. I'm Sherman Bryce-Pease in New York.